Welcome to our class on the study of Philippians. Last week, I broke down the Holy Bible into the Old Testament and the New Testament and showed you where the Old Testament has 39 books and the New Testament has 27. We went and looked at the introduction to our Bibles. And I invite you to get your Bible out as we uh, continue our study of Philippians. So we have 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 of the New, and we have the books of Paul, Paul's letters. And we are going to look at his letter to the people of Philippi, which is the book of Philippians. We looked at the first two verses, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons. Those are the leaders of the church. And he writes, Grace and peace, this is the second verse, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and I extend to all of us the grace and peace from God and from Jesus Christ. And pray literally that that grace and the peace of God will be with you wherever you are, however you're listening or however you are watching this teaching. Now, we continue our study of the book of Philippians. And as I said last week, for those of you that might be joining us for the first time, this is going to be a weekly study of the book of Philippians, which has four chapters. We're not going to get into the weeds. We're not going to get into a big scholarly study. Uh, The text was written in Greek and uh, translated into English. I'm sure you have an English Bible. And we are going to look at the scriptures. I'm going to give some commentary on them and have us think about a few theological and biblical issues, personal issues, uh, relationship with Christ issues, as we look at the text together. Okay? Verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. Now, Paul had, what that means is that Paul had a relationship with the people at Philippi. He had been there. If you want to check that out, go to the book of Acts and look up where Paul went to Philippi. Paul had three journeys, and he went to Philippi, and that journey was actually pretty difficult. Uh, And, of course, he's not writing to the Philippians in Philippi. He is somewhere else. We don't know exactly where he is. He could be at Ephesus. He could be in Rome. He could be in Caesarea. Um, uh, Scholars anticipate the date in the 50s, about 50, we're in the first century. I thank my God every time I remember you. So he's got a warm affection for them. In all my prayers for you, verse 4, I always pray with joy. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Now, that's a great, uh, that's a great thing to do. Uh, for those of you that have a relationship with Christ, that uh, pray, uh, when you are praying for people, pray with joy. It is a good thing to pray for people, and I'm sure those of you that are listening know quite a few people that need prayer right now, maybe even yourself. We pray and need to pray for one another. Very, very important to be able to pray for people and ask God to bless them, to heal them, to deliver them, to hear their prayers, whatever their needs may be. I always pray with joy, verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, last week I talked about the gospel. The gospel is the true message of Jesus Christ. Okay? 
This is the message. This is the message that needs to be proclaimed by Paul and John and Peter and all the disciples, the apostles, the disciples, the evangelists. This is the message that they have received from Jesus to proclaim. Okay? All right, let's say it in a more simpler way. This is the information that Jesus has given them to share with others so that they may be saved. Okay? So salvation is a very key part of Christianity. And that salvation needs to be in Christ. All right? So he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, one of the key things in one's Christian faith is to be part of a group of people, we call that today a church, that you are working together with the leadership of the church in the advancement of the gospel for the sake of Christ. Okay. So, we're talking about being a member of the church for the sake of Christ and His gospel. Okay? You are a member of the church for the sake of the gospel. Now, that's going to lead to people's salvation and knowing Christ. So the idea of solitary Christianity is just not there in the Bible. Somebody doing their own thing. That's not what Christ is about. We are working together faithfully to share the gospel. And Paul, as a leader, was extremely appreciative to those people that came around him to support him in that endeavor. Now, I am a rector of a church, a minister of the church, a pastor of a church in Lakeland, Florida. And when people come around and help me and I them for the sake of the gospel, great and wonderful things happen to us and to those people that we minister. It's a very powerful and a very wonderful thing. And I hope and pray that you are part of a group of people that shares that gospel message and that you are doing it for the sake of Christ. Now, what we are doing, if I can continue on, is we are advancing the kingdom of God. We are advancing the kingdom of God. So when we come together and we congregate and we meet and we pray and we pray for one another and we pray for others in our community, church, church family, family of God, we are seeking to do the will of God and the will of God is to advance God's kingdom as God leads us and guides us. And so, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day into now. They've been very faithful. They've been very supportive, the Philippians. 
They've been very helpful to Paul, and that's extremely important. They're not fighting against him. They're not waging war against him. Or in, in common, uh, common language would be, we're not waging war against the pastor. We're not trying to usurp the authority of the pastor. We're not going around the pastor and doing our own thing. We're not sitting at home and doing whatever we want to do. We are actively engaged, engaged together as the people of God with the leadership as parishioners to enhance and develop and advance our relationship with Christ for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. And we are together praying and discerning and seeking God to figure out what he wants us to do. He, God, wants us to do in this location, in this area that he has given us. So wherever you are listening to me, anywhere in the world, literally, God is raising up people to gather together to hear the gospel message and to work together to advance his kingdom through outreach, helping others, helping the poor, serving the poor, worshiping together. There's all kinds of ways that manifests itself. Okay. Verse 6. From the first day until now, being confident of this. What he's getting ready to say. I'm, what I'm getting ready to say, I'm very confident of. it. This is a wonderful scripture, so look at this very closely in your Bible. Verse 6, chapter 1. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. Now, God is beginning a good work in you. Now, what you and I need in our lives is for God to do something good in us. That's very important. You want God to work in you. If there's no God then all you're doing is whatever you want to do and whatever work you want to do on your own effort, in your own nature, in your own self. You will not do very well under those conditions. You and I do not have enough supernatural power. We have no supernatural power, but we don't even have any natural power to do that very well at all. Life will be difficult, frustrating, depressing, maybe even significantly depressing. It will not work very well. So what we need, what the message is, is that we want God working in us. That's the best way to go. What does he say about that? He who began a good work in you, he's the one that does it, will carry it on to completion. So wherever you are listening to me today, wherever you're doing, you have the situation where God is beginning a work in you, in me, you, me. All right. Now, he's going to carry that on throughout your whole life, God willing, your whole life. He's going to carry that on. He's going to carry that on to completion, completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the coming of Jesus. The day of Christ Jesus is the coming of Jesus. You ever heard of the second coming of Jesus? Jesus is going to come one of two ways in your life and mine. 
He's either going to come back again, which is called the second coming of Christ, Revelation 19, or he's going to come and get us when we pass away, when we die. Those are the only two possibilities. He's going to come while we're alive, the second coming, or he's going to come when we pass away. And our lives will be complete at that time. So this is a very, very important scripture. And you want God working in you throughout this whole process of your life. You want God working in you, and then at the completion, you'll be with Christ. Now, if you just think about this for a second, this should inspire in you hope, peace. We talked about peace last week. Joy. Serenity. And a tremendous inner peace, if I can say that, or inner comfort, knowing that God is with you, that you're not out there doing this all by yourself, okay? It's just you. You know, a lot of people live alone. A lot of people think alone. A lot of people act alone. You do not want that situation from day to day. You want God active in your life. Now, if I could... I'm going to take the idea of God being active in you personally, and then he's active in the community. So you have a coupling of God active in you and me personally, and then you and me corporately. Okay? So your personal life with Christ, with God, is very important, and your corporate life with God, Christ, Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity, we talked about the Holy Trinity last week, is very important. That's the best case scenario, that you are active with God on a personal basis, you are active with God on a corporate basis. I've already talked about the corporate reality, how you're advancing the kingdom of God, and you want to be part of something. So Paul is saying, I thank my God every time I remember you, as he's thinking about them, and he, I'm sure he's praying for them, because he prayed for the churches and the people that he visited in his evangelism journeys. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. So he's got a perfect, great attitude. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day now, I am so grateful for our partnership. I am so grateful you're working with me. I am so grateful you're on my side. I am so grateful that I am working with you. This is fantastic. Being confident of this, now he goes to them personally. and he says, So there's the corporate aspect right there. Here's the personal. He who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. He is working in your life. God is with you. Now, you may be sitting there or driving or listening in some kind of capacity or watching, and you think, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't know me. He doesn't care who I am. He doesn't know I exist. He's got bigger things to do than worry about me. That's all false. He wants to do a good work in you. He wants you and I to follow him. He wants you and I to be servants. You see that in verse 1? Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. You and I need to be servants of Christ Jesus. What is a servant? A servant does what the master says. You do what Jesus says. That's what a servant is. So the master is Jesus, and you and I are servants. So we do what Jesus says. Okay, so we're following Jesus wherever Jesus goes. Okay. 
Now, when we do that personally, that's good. But then we do it corporately. So it's a both and. And it's all the way in your life. All the way until the end. Okay? Verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. Now, he's still working the gospel in chains. But his work is the gospel work. And that's the message, as we said last week and this week, that God has given him to share. All of you share in God's grace with me. Remember, we talked about grace last week. You're sharing in God's grace. We are doing this together. We are working this together. I need your help. I need your partnership. I need your support. I need your prayers. And you are faithful in doing that. What am I doing it for? I'm doing it for the gospel. Is that important? Well, it's eternal life or eternal death based on the message of the gospel, which has to do with salvation in Christ. Is Paul's role important? Extraordinarily important from God's perspective. Because God is using Paul in jail, in prison, to advance the kingdom of God. And one of the ways he does it very effectively, not only in person, obviously he wasn't in prison when he was free and able to visit people, but now through these letters, he's passing on the information, the truth, the message that they need to have in order to further his work. Sometimes he's answering questions, sometimes he's solving problems, gives theological opinion. But in this particular case, he's thanking the people of Philippi, the Philippians, for their work in the gospel. Let me read one more verse and we will pick it up next week. We'll go back and look at verse 7 again in verse 8 as we think about it and pray about it all week. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. What a beautiful way to end this, this uh, lecture today. God can testify how I long for you with the affection. So I love you. There's a tremendous affection. I care about you. I care about your relationship with God personally. I care about how you meet corporately. I am concerned about you. This guy's in jail. You'd think he'd be concerned about his own head. But he's concerned about his people that he has ministered to which is a great attitude for a pastor. And I hope all of you are able to go to a church and find a church where the pastor is concerned about you also, that you are an important part of the flock. And the way that you work and partner with the pastor and the leadership of the church is very important for the kingdom of God. It's not for yourself. It's not for the pastor. It's for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And so... God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. God can say, yes, this person is very serious about his relationship with the people of Philippi, and he's very uh, interested in his relationship with God Almighty and loving these people where they are. And I pray again that all of you have that opportunity. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for these beautiful scriptures from Philippians. May each person that listens be part of a loving community a faithful community in church. And if they are looking, God, grant them a way to find a place, a church that supports them in their walk with Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Look forward to seeing you next week as we continue our study of the book of Philippians.